Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Is there going to be outrage where maybe there shouldn't be outrage? We discuss here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, brought to you today by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, racing competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Get Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. So the news came down down today that Carson Wentz is in protocols for the Indianapolis Colts and the Colts will be we think we think without their signal caller coming up in week 17 as the Colts right now are sitting there at a nine and six they are would be in the playoffs if they started today with a showdown against the Raiders coming up at home on Sunday Jeff when you hear Carson Wentz in re- in the reserve COVID protocols like they have for the NFL, what was the first thing that popped into your mind? Of course it's going to happen. It's un- unvaccinated. I mean, it was mm-hmm. only a matter of time, right? We've seen, and um, Colts beat writers have noticed that the Colts have almost all their unvaccinated players have been on the COVID list. And as COVID has gone through the NFL, it was only a matter of time before it got to Carson Wentz. And, you know, it, you know the NFL is in the process of changing their your COVID uh, policies because of the new CDC guidelines that allow for quicker turnaround time. But, but, but before that, um, you know, he would have missed two games or 10 days at least, right? At least, yeah. at least this week. Now, he might not because of the new guidelines. We don't know if he's positive. We don't know um, if, if he's a close contact. We don't know any of that as of right now. I'm sure we'll find out as soon as possible where it is. But I said at the beginning of the season, whether you agree or disagree with the policies the NFL had put forward, that being unvaccinated or vaccinated was a competitive advantage. And as the Colts are vying for a playoff berth right now, if he's out this weekend against the Raiders team, who's also vying for a playoff berth, and they don't win this game, they might still make the playoffs. They're not winning, they're not winning their division anyways. But now you go from playing the Bengals in the first round, who is maybe the sketchiest team uh, right now of the four that will win their division, you'll end up playing the, the Bills, you end up playing who, who you did beat, to, to be fair, or you play the Titans, who you're over two against, and it, it makes your job a lot e- a lot tougher to get to where you want to be. the The scenario that is playing out uh, throughout the league is is crazy. I mean, we saw it on Monday night with the Saints being so shorthanded. A, a lot of teams have been dealing with uh, with their COVID issues. The one thing that I would say though about Wentz is that. I don't know if it changes if he was vaccinated or unvaccinated. To your point, it was yeah, like it does, just to... it does change because unless they change the policies, he would be out 10 days no matter what. Correct. But the likelihood of someone who was vaccinated and testing positive and then having their like, I haven't heard much of players who were tested positive during the week and then came back after a negative test. Like I haven't heard yeah, very did, much of that. Did, did Tyreek Hill just do that this week? Was he a po- was he positive? Uh, he was positive so. on Monday. Then if he was positive on Monday, he, he this is already on Tuesday. The the only point that I'm making 
and I'm and I'm, is Aaron Rodgers ended up missing a game and he was when his positive test came out and we knew that Rodgers was unvaccinated I believe it was on a Wednesday because then they had to wait until the Saturday to actually activate him and then he ended up being activated and only missed the one game against Kansas City so in Wentz's scenario if he was vaccinated at this time I just I haven't I don't and and this could be a complete misread by me and if it is I will take the the you know the, the full load on it it just you know for someone like Nick Chubb who was vaccinated and ended up testing positive and and did so early in the week for the Browns never got those negative tests that he needed and I understand that the NFL did lax to the one negative test but I just think that now with how the virus is going, that it's just knocking guys out, and it's why we have 20 guys missing. And even when as we're trying to lax these these rules that vaccinated or unvaccinated, Carson Wentz is going to end up missing a game. So I don't know. I just don't know if his vaccination status really plays into what he's going to miss in, in him testing positive. Because if he was vaccinated, he'd probably have to miss the Raiders game anyway if he, he ended yeah, up not testing. I, I think I think the difference here is that a couple of things. One is, is symptomatic versus asymptomatic, right? Because if you're a, a symptomatic vaccinated player, you get back sooner than an, than an unvaccinated symptomatic player, right? I, I, the, 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 all the guys yeah. are running into each other now because um, – <laughs> Like, and look, personally, I have COVID right now. Um, I got it a couple of days ago. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, when I can go back to society because the mm-hmm. CDC changed their guidelines. I, I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, oh, when can I leave the house again? Like, imagine the NFL trying to do this. Around, you have a countdown calendar going around, on like, in the room. Around, like, around, uh, that's why if you hear me sniffling and coughing. Um, like, it, it, it so I, I don't, I don't even know what. And I'm just a single person. The NFL is trying to figure this out as they go. And I, and I do look, I do appreciate the NFL being willing to adjust on the fly, right? They often get criticized for how um, you know, unflexible they appear to be a lot of times. This situation where they're not doing like they, they're they're trying to be as flexible as possible, but moving this to the five days, which they should do, if that's what CDC says, go ahead and do that. But it's it's it, it would it should piss off Browns fans who lost the game because no one was available and other teams mm-hmm. who have lost games because no one was available because of the old policies. And again, things change are fluid. So when the CDC comes out with, with new guidelines, and guess what? The NFL will change the guidelines as well. So it just it's it's ever evolving. I don't, I don't have a great answer for you on that one. I think I tried to give you well, no, what I could but on I, that. Yeah, but I think what you're what you're to the point of what you're saying it was the reason why the Raiders were so mad. There were rules that were made at the beginning of the season that everyone thought that they were they were going to follow, and then those rules changed. And now the Raiders well, end no, up having to play a, ga- a game on the, Tuesday or on a, on a Monday. The, the Raiders didn't read the fine print because three criteria had to be met for games to be uh, forfeited. And one of those was an unvaccinated spread, which is not what the NFL you really aren't going to have that because everyone you know is mostly vaccinated in the NFL. Um, so I get why they're upset about that. But also, too, to, to be fair, um, you weren't getting paid if you didn't play Raiders. So I'm pretty sure you're happy that game got moved so you can get paid. And they did win, so that ended up working. Yes, that did. it definitely did. Yes, but it's also it's also just of you know of the moving of the game for the Browns to be able to you know to to move the game. You know, when the Seahawks played the Rams during that forty eight hour period, Jalen Ramsey was able to return to the Rams. And if they would have played the right, game so on a Sunday, the Seahawks are playing without 
you know, playing the Rams without Jalen Ramsey, which sure helps. Yeah, and, and so again, the policies are, are ever fluid as as the CDC keeps, you know, and the NFL keeps changing what they're doing. Um, but you know, if again, if he was vaccinated, a maybe he doesn't get it, but also too part of it, right? If you are unvaccinated, you get tested every day. If you're vaccinated, you don't. So mm-hmm. there's no, I don't I haven't seen reports if you had symptoms or not, but it's possible that he's asymptomatic. He would have never been tested at all had he been vaccinated, and he would have played this weekend. These these COVID situations and the rules are difficult to keep up with. Uh, just like the news of who tested positive, and let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for some breaking news in that regard. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians has tested positive for COVID and is isolating at home. Arians says he's only experienced mild symptoms to this point. Assistant head coach Harold Goodwin will serve as acting head coach. The Buccaneers have also placed starting cornerbacks Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting on the COVID list. Fellas? The Buccaneers in their COVID situation. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, again, um, there's going to be there's going to be continued COVID issues. the The question now turns to you know if you have tested positive for COVID, you you are um, you do not have to be tested for ninety days afterwards. So you could make the argument that you know Bruce Arians, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, some of these other names, Carson Wentz, like for a playoff mm-hmm. run now, you're you're exempt from being tested. And yes. that can help you out. Like, I'm a Chiefs fan. I don't want Mahomes to get COVID, but I'd much rather he get it now, I guess, right? Than the yeah, playoffs. no, you're, you're, you're 100% <laughs> and, and, right. And, and, like, and I, again, I'm not at all suggesting that Pat Mahomes get COVID. Let me make that very clear. I hope he does not get it. But, like, from a competitive standpoint, if you're looking ahead, and I want the Chiefs to have the one seed, so I'd rather well, they just, just yeah, went out. Have, have it in the bye week. Have it in the bye week. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, and I'm not trying to be callous about the whole situation, but it's the rules that, that, that we are playing under when it comes to the NFL and how it sets out. One of the things with Aaron Rodgers, and I believe his testing window, was that it would take him up until Super Bowl week or he would be cleared. I could be, yeah. I could be wrong uh, about the actual time frame, but that's what we're looking at. We're looking at that 90-day window, and that is the case. If, if, if your team, if you were the number one seed, and we'll just use the Chiefs as an example – it would under the current NFL rules and how they, you know, how they play out. Yeah, it would be beneficial if everyone got COVID if they got the number one seed in the week where they didn't have the bye. That yeah. that, that would because then then you are assured of having everybody available for you uh, in that playoff run. Hundred percent, crazy as it sounds. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah, it is. It is a it is a unique situation. As you, it, to your point about about the other teams of the playoff hunt and needing maybe the Colts to beat the Raiders to end up knocking them off. Yeah, a lot of domino effects. We don't know the official status of Carson Wentz, but we do know that he was placed on the reserve COVID list. I don't believe he's gotten vaccinated since. We don't know if he's a close contact, if he tested positive. All of that's still up in the air, but the likelihood of him playing against the Raiders in Week 17, uh, from what we know, I think is very, very slim. Get Jeff Schwartz on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Bayer on Fox. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. HBO's Showtime documentary on the Lakers will be out soon. 
And there's one Laker that wants nothing to do with it. We'll talk about that next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. Get Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. Find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Now what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Coming up in March, HBO will be uh, having a series called (laughs) Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. It's a scripted series that will uh, yeah, go behind the scenes of the 1980s and the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, not only featuring uh, the, uh, the life of Jerry Buss, the owner, but also the players. And one of those players, Jeff, was Magic Johnson. When asked about TMZ or asked by TMZ if he was looking forward to the documentary, <laughs> Magic said that he wasn't excited for it, said that he was excited to uh, hear and watch his piece about the Showtime Lakers and Jeannie Buss's work of a, of a Netflix series that is coming out, but then asked again, he said, I'm not looking forward to it. I am going to leave it at that. End quote from Magic <laughs> yeah, why, Johnson. Why would he look forward to it? The only thing that can come of it is bad, right? Like, yeah. just <laughs> oh, only, only bad. Like, it's not, it's not the Jordan documentary where we kind of knew some of that stuff. I feel like we pretty much know about the Showtime Lakers pretty well by now, right? And they're... They're revered, especially in Los Angeles. And the only thing that comes out of this is bad. The only thing is, there's nothing good that will, that will come of this. Um, and really, to be fair, the Jordan doc, I mean, what good came of that? Everyone just, just I mean, well, just de- some of Dennis Rodman's interviews were, were, were pretty hilarious or memed up. But Scottie Pippen got, like, taken down at. Like, the whole thing, like, I, I, I don't know if it even was positive for Scottie Pippen. It wasn't, Grant, but it was, wasn't it was very, either. no, but it was very positive for Michael Jordan. Well, yeah, very because his crew produced it. Yes, it exactly, <laughs> and that's why Magic is not is not loving this. But I would also think that every professional athlete, especially if you're a professional athlete like Magic Johnson, the less people know about what goes on in your private life, the better. And I think 100%. this is all based on the show is based on Jeff Perlman's book that he wrote about the Lakers. Yeah. So that's where this that's where this all falls from. And and honestly, I would much rather watch the unauthorized version of anything than the authorized version because oh, of course it, it, it's so much more interesting. And for to have Magic Johnson or anyone of the Bus family uh, saying we don't want this or we don't want that, or to, for, to, to your point about the Last Dance of having Michael Jordan, I want this in there, I want that in there. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily portray the the actual. Uh, happenings from all angles it's just the one point of view and so so now that magic johnson inadvertently uh i think gave this an even more reason to watch this thing in march because now you're like if magic johnson doesn't want me to see it well then i'm sure as heck gonna watch this yes and no i mean i'm a lakers fan you know i i didn't go to many games i went to games of the forum as a kid i don't remember much of them but I, i know i went to a bunch of them I've only been to like two games at Staples Center, so or whatever cryptocurrency.com bull or whatever it's called now. Um, uh, what, what, what's it called? Crypto, crypto Crypto.com arena. arena. 
Oh, okay, cool. I said bowl game just like yeah. instinctively. It sounds like a bowl, like a right? Bowl it's game. it's right. arena, it's right, game. guys? It's arena, not not um, center. Or is it center? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not called table center forever. So sorry. Okay, that's um, fine. It's all yeah. good. Uh, so so like you know, I, but like I but I I don't think there's a national interest in this show like there is for Jordan, and this is going to appeal to Lakers fans, but does it appeal to like to to Celtics fans? Does it appeal to Jordan fans? Does it appeal Lakers fans? I don't, I don't know if the interest is. I think we're we're using obviously the Springboard Last Dance, which by the way was during a pandemic. W- would it have had the same ratings during while the NBA finals were on? Because that would have been at the time the finals are normally on, right? Would it have been yeah, the same they moved ratings it up. with the combine around the time and the draft of the same you know, the same weekend as the draft? No. So it was very good. I'm not poo-pooing the last dance. But I just don't know how much interest there is in this series. I think that there will be more interest from people that don't love the NBA or don't love. Like, they know who Magic Johnson is, and maybe they, you know, are non-basketball fans but obviously know about the Lakers. I think that that's a whole whole other scenario. Like, there's parts of the last dance that you watched, and you're like, wow, Jordan went out and played golf that much and, and then did that. He's awesome. But now we're going to be like, wow, it, you know, before game three of, you know, the 85 finals, the Lakers went out and did this. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, we looked at it because it was such a Jordan angle that it was, man, Jordan is just amazing. You could go out and play golf. And now we're going to be like, wait a sec, what were Magic and those guys doing and still able to pull that off? Like, that's I think it's it was it was so pro Jordan that, that that's why I think Magic doesn't like this is because anything that could hurt his image is something that he's not going to want to be a part of. And I think that if you maybe you see maybe see some of the, you know, you know the 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 work with the ladies or, or whatever they did out out uh, out on the town, that's not good for magic or at least he feels that it's not good for magic i think it's going to be really good tv though 100 percent. i'm with you there about his reputation um i have not been to it's now equinox but sports club la used to be on Sepul. it's still there sepulveda and uh like santa monica and you know magic would go there often and i mean i've never seen a celebrity more forthcoming with like handshakes high fives this is pre-covid obviously Mm -hmm. um and just like be in the talk of the gym like he, he was like he talked to everyone and he was like everyone was just kind of like gave him a high five and a hey magic and he just said hi to everyone like, it was unbelievably cool to see that someone so popular as magic just being one of the dudes at the gym and that your, your point right the reputation if, if something comes out in the show that ruins that reputation of his even if it turns off not all fans and some it- fans it's going to be upsetting for him yeah, and it's going to be a minuscule amount. And oh, in, in today's day, like, like you see something on TV, it's forgotten about a week later with a lot of the stuff. Oh, quite I honestly. would say like, yeah. with, with social media, I mean, way less yeah, than that. We will, we will move on. We will be talking some Lakers and some NBA stuff in just a little bit. I do want to let you know it can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Now nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times covering the Lakers and the NBA will join us after Isaac Lohenkron gives us the latest of what is happening on this Tuesday during the Doug Gottlieb show with Jeff Schwartz and myself, Dan. 
Dan Beyer. What's going on, Isaac? Dan and Jeff, a lot is happening, especially in the NFL as it pertains to the COVID list. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians has tested positive for COVID and is isolating at home. He says he's only experienced mild symptoms up to this point. Assistant head coach Harold Goodwin will serve as acting head coach. The Buccaneers also play starting quarterbacks Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy bunting on the COVID list. Earlier today, the Indianapolis Colts put starting quarterback Carson Wentz on the COVID list. The Baltimore Ravens have placed pass rushers Tyus Bowser and Justin Houston on the COVID list. The Tennessee Titans placed linebacker Jayon Brown on the COVID list. The Miami Dolphins have just placed defensive lineman Adam Butler, defensive tackle John Jenkins, safety Brandon Jones, and wide receiver Preston Williams on the COVID list. Adam Schefter reports that the NFL and the Players Association are getting close to adopting new CDC guidelines that would reduce the quarantine time for all players from 10 days down to five days, including those who are unvaccinated. An agreement could be done today. In college football, tonight's Holiday Bowl in San Diego between UCLA and NC State has been canceled because of COVID issues in UCLA's program. Earlier today in the Birmingham Bowl, number 20 Houston defeated Auburn 17-13. And as we speak at the first responder bowl, Air Force has a 21-7 lead over Louisville with five minutes and 42 seconds left to play in the second quarter. Finally, in the National Hockey League, the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Los Angeles Kings at 10.30 Eastern in tonight's Discover Card key matchup brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Dan and Jeff Maybe next time I'll just go through the players in the NFL who are not at the co- on the COVID list. That might take less time. Back to yeah, you. Yeah, and the actual bowl games are going to be played. By the way, uh, I've got an idea for the Birmingham Bowl to market itself. Just be the ham bowl, right? If it was the ham bowl, you would know about it. It would be talked about. If you just take off the Birming and just make it the ham bowl, I think it would be a much more popular bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, would you? I, I, I live in Charlotte. And we have the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. And yeah. It's a, it's a couple days from now. It's on Thursday morning. It's at 11 a.m. It's nice. 11.30 in the morning. It's, it's South Carolina, North Carolina. So I'm curious to see what the uh, passion for this game is like in the city. Um, yeah, that game is is like people are, are loving the novelty of the mayonnaise part of it. Yeah. Like, it, it, you have the mayo bowl. If it was yeah. just a ham bowl and we would know it would be in Birmingham, I think it would be a, it, it, you know, a marketing it, win. And it should be, it should be like the Thanksgiving uh, NFL games where the winner just gets a ham. Yes. A honey baked ham. Yeah. You put the honey baked ham in the end zone and whoever wins just goes and runs straight for it. I think that's... Uh, just grubs. Like, can you imagine the linemen yeah. with their dirty, gloved hands just grabbing this honey baked ham and shoving uh, it in their faces? I mean, I would do it. I, well, I'd be uh, that would, that would be magnificent. Ham. Can uh, Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times, I know he covers the NBA, but would you like to get behind us and this developing of the ham bowl, Dan, uh, to maybe Guys, spice I up feel, this? I feel my sodium count's going up as we sit here discussing just a giant bowl of ham. Um, <laughs> and, and also, like, I mean, like, my first blush is like, ah, kind of more of a platter dish than, than it is a bowl. Yeah. But I think I could go for a bowl of ham if the, yeah. the circumstance was right. I'd love to see them 
paint the ham at midfield. You know, just a few slices coming off of that. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think it could work. Um, by the way, to bring you in on the conversation we had before we called you up, Dan, how interested are you in seeing the HBO series about the Lakers that comes out in March? We just talked about Magic Johnson yeah. not being really interested, but uh, how interested are you, are you in watching this? I was already interested. Um, and then hearing that you've got principal people that are not interested and don't <laughs> really want it makes me um, makes me feel like it's going to be good, right? And, and it's going to yeah. be fun um, that like it might you really capture like the forum and all its uh, white lined glory from the early. Days. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if that you, you, you get the sense that it's uh, it's not going to be the the greatest look for the brand on the whole, yeah. but. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, look, right? Like, I don't have to worry about explaining anything to my wife. <laughs> so that's, that's obviously uh, part of it as well. Uh, so obviously the, the Jordan doc did great last year during the pandemic. Yeah. There was a lot of national interest in Michael Jordan and those Bulls teams. Do you think there's a national interest for the Showtime Lakers? Um, not, it won't be the same, but, but is there enough to where America will watch this show like we did last dance? So um, probably not in the sense that obviously, right, like it's going to be to a smaller audience because it's going to be on HBO. And then also too, right, because it's uh, dramatized. Like I think that the risk, right, you always run in. And I'm sure there's like sports people involved in this, right, like that, like Adam McKay, Wolf, you know, like Adam McKay specifically, right, is a sports fan. Um, like when you do these things, uh, you have to, if you're going to film like the basketball scenes or whatever, like it has to sort of look like basketball. Like that's like – you know, growing up, um, you know, born in the early 80s, like living through like kind of like in Chicago where I grew up, like there was a Michael Jordan movie, right? A Dennis Rodman movie. And like they were atrocious. And because like the dudes never look like the people, they they couldn't find anybody who looked like Michael Jordan or Dennis Rodman. And they couldn't play basketball, right? It was, it was a joke. I think like as long as this stuff gets handled like that, like that plus like the details and like, you know, making it look like an early 80s thing, like I think people are going to be into it, right? Like, is it going to be like the last dance? Like probably not, but like maybe it's something we talk about, you know, the, the way that people talk about, you know, the latest episode insecure or, or you know, succession yeah. or something like that. Like I, I, I think it could, it could reach that sort of threshold. Dan Wojcicki joining us here. Yeah. I oh, mean, sorry. God, I, the off court stuff is, I mean, that, that should be 99% of it. I, I sure hope it is. Let's talk about actual on court stuff with the current Lakers. Dan Wojcicki uh-huh. of the LA times joining us here. So Russell Westbrook says, Hey fans, you know, I know you want the Russell Westbrook. That's 25, 15 and 15 or, 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 or the triple double days. Uh, but that's, that's five years ago. What do actual Laker fans want from Russell Westbrook? Oh man. Uh, I mean, I, I think mostly things that he can't do, right? Like, I think it, you would want him to be a guy who makes 42% of his threes and is a <laughs> lockdown defender and never turns the ball over, right? Is what I'm, I mean, it's seemingly what they would want. It, it's, it's always from day one, right? Like, it's been sort of a, an odd pairing um, in the sense that you've got a, a player in Russell Westbrook who, and, and I don't think this, I don't mean this is a knock on him necessarily. Right. But like, he is like one of like the biggest thumbprint guys in the NBA. Right. Like you put Russell Westbrook on a team and like, no matter what you do, it is going to look like a Russell Westbrook team because, um, 
if, if, if he's not doing those things, then like sort of what's the point of having him? You know, he's yeah. not a guy who just stands in the corner and, you know, like shows up every like five or six possessions to do something good. Like that's no, like it is an all encompassing sort of like tornado of chaos and either you're on board or you're not. And I think it was interesting all along kind of some of the logic, right. was like, Oh, well, like LeBron can do less if Russ is here and stuff like that. Well, like that hasn't worked out at all. Like LeBron is actually doing more. His minutes are up. Um, and he's playing terrific and it's not even resulting in wins. So like that's a huge problem in itself. The other weird thing is that statistically, like, Russell Westbrook, like, I mean, his scoring is down and stuff like that, but generally speaking, like, he's been a little more efficient than he has been in the past. Um, you know, he, he, the eye test would tell you, like, man, that's, this guy is constantly blowing layups. You know what I mean? But he's, like, sort of, you know, right around kind of where some of the other players of his size and stuff are at the, at the basket. He's attacking a lot. Um, to me, I, I, it's three things, really, that have kept him from – from being, I think, what Lakers fans should want from Russell Westbrook. And it's like, A, you'd want him to be more focused on defense. He makes too many mistakes. He gets beat backdoor too many times and, and stuff like that. Like, that's a big problem. I think secondarily, right, are the turnovers. But to my previous point, like, this is what you're, you, you have bought a car without brakes. So when it crashes every once in a while, you kind of can't, you can't pretend to be surprised. You know, <laughs> that is what this does. When you have him on your team, and then thirdly, I just think it's like shoring up. You know, um, a couple of those mislabs here and there, and I don't know if it's focus. I don't know if it's relaxing a little bit, taking some of the pressure off of himself. I don't know why he's missing layups, um, like open layups, um, not ones where he has to get around the defender or anything like that. I think if you were to shore those things up, I think you know, we average in 23, 24 points a game. Oh, make a free throw every once in a while would be nice too. You know, we we up him to like 22 points, and then like it, it just feels kind of different, doesn't it? But is it? But like, why was it expected that we would get a different Russell Westbrook in year whatever no this idea. is? I don't know. It's it, it it is it's a fascinating question. I, I don't know, and I think right like <clears throat> part of it I think is LeBron James, and LeBron James has been in his career sort of like um, this terrific problem solver for everything that he is is like an athletic marvel and a, a an incredibly hard worker and. Um, a terrific all-around basketball player. Like one of the things that I've always respected about him, at least in my time covering him, is that he's a problem solver. Uh, you, you know, and I think um, obviously his role in getting Russell Westbrook to the Lakers um, was not small, um, right? So, like in this sense, mm-hmm. he kind of created the problem. But, but I think it's you know you look at a guy and and it's like he felt like the Lakers needed more talent. Um, I tend to agree. I think they did. Um, and, and so, like, okay, well, like who can we get? And this is where they landed. And I think he believed he'd be able to figure it out. I, I, I mean, look, I will tell you, he probably still believes that. I, I, I don't think, I don't view LeBron as that person who would concede that point at this point, even though it hasn't gone well. Um, it's just, you, you know, the, when I've talked to him, and, and he said this plenty of times in public too, it's just like you look at this Lakers team and it's just sort of, you know, um, it's a total, inco- they view it as an incomplete. Um, they've had injuries. They've got no continuity. Um, how could we judge this team? I, I would say, and I've written this, well, you blew up your roster from last year and you signed a bunch of older guys. So, of course, you weren't going to have continuity. And, of course, you were going to have injuries. So it's sort of like kind of, you know, like you built it and you, you buy it. 
How far, Dan Wojcik joining us here on Fox Sports Bro. Radio. How far away are they from the bubble title? Like, are we talking? I mean, I mean, is it? You know, miles upon miles. You just said they yeah. just blew it up. I mean, that that was less than two years ago. But here we are. They're in the ninth seed and lost five in a row and could go to six if they lose in Houston tonight. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, like just from someone who was in the bubble and who covered this team last, it, it just feels like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's the the mental and emotional sort of overall strain of, you know, the last few years. And look, um, they're not alone in terms of teams that, like, carried the bubble with them throughout last season. I mean, Miami um, was a shell of itself last year. You know, after in the bubble, um, you know, heat culture being <clears throat> rightfully so lauded as, as this, like, eternal toughness, you know, like, I mean, like, they were cooked last year. And, and I think, um, you know, in talking to some players on that Lakers team last year, it was just like, you know, they did their best to put on a brave face, but I mean, you know, they they were they had a month of an off season. A bunch of guys didn't even work out. Um, you know, Anthony Davis came into camp out of shape. He got hurt. LeBron James gets hurt. Like, that team was that team was exhausted. They had they were out of fight by the time that the year ended. And you know, they, they've reshuffled so much. Like things do look very different. Um, you know, it seemed like they had a formula. Um, for how to win around LeBron James, and that was to be really big, play really tough defense, and have, you know, not great shooters, but, like, you know, the right kind of two-way players that in a playoff series, you know, you, you could have a guy like Contavious Caldwell Pope on the floor and not freak out about it, right? Um, because you knew you'd defend, and, um, or Danny Green, like, these are competent shooters. Um, they went away from that strategy this summer. I mean, they, they leaned really heavily into, like, offensive-minded players, um, and what we've kind of seen is a team like weirdly that stinks on offense. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it, it seemed like they were going to be a team that was going to have to play super fast and outscore everybody and run and stuff like that. They've become kind of a, a decent defensive team. Um, part of that is their really easy schedule they've played, which is another big reason to be concerned about them. But it, it's it's just a it's just a guys it's a it's a weird group and um, it, it it's. It's hard to think of them as a contender, um, except for the reason they have LeBron James. I mean, that's really, I mean, they have yeah. LeBron James. That's the reason. It's a good one, but it's kind of the only one. So the Lakers have typically won in, in kind of dynasty mode, right? The 80s uh, and then the early mm-hmm. 2000s, they went, you know, they went to four titles, uh, four, uh, four uh, finals, won three, and then a couple years later they went to three and won two, right, with, uh, with Kobe and, and Paul Gasol. This feels like a one and done for LeBron, right? One championship for the Lakers, and that's it. How will Laker fans view this LeBron run? Because they, they, the Lakers typically don't kind of do one-off championships, yeah, I mean, look, right? Like they—they they have no problems embracing a great player and making him one of their own. Right? Of course, like this is a fan base that that vehemently hated LeBron James <laughs> for the first fifteen years of his career because he he threatened Kobe Bryant's throne, right? And um, you know, it's while he's not embraced the same way necessarily as Kobe Bryant and stuff like that. Like, I mean. Uh, guys, here's a great example, right? Like, you should hear the cheers in Staples Center when Carmelo Anthony checks into the game. It, it was like he was born in Inglewood or something. It's like wild, that, right? Like, like in the grew up in, in, inside of Staples Center or whatever it's called now, the Crypto.com Arena. It, it's 
it, they have no problems like kind of co-opting that type of a thing and, and making it their own. I mean, this is what they do. They they, they either create stars or, or they or they they embrace them. Um, it's it's one or the other. So, you know, what's his overall legacy as a Laker? I mean, he's gonna get his jersey retired there. Um, you know, probably not two of them like Kobe, but they will. They'll retire his number probably at some point. Um, I mean, is it a statue? I don't know. That seems that seems crazy, but yeah, I think I, I, it's it, it, it also, guys. One one other thing too, really quickly, and I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but I thought good. it was kind of interesting what David Fisdale said to us yesterday, and it's sort of like, you know, like the league's kind of at a transition point too right now, right? Like we've seen that. That's I I asked point blank. I'm like, did you think this team's overall greatness would be good enough? to get past these continuity issues and stuff like that. And, and he seemed to think, he seemed to think, no, man, like the league is good right now. And, you know, it's harder to out-talent people than maybe it would have been two or three years ago when the Lakers were close to being in their front. Yeah. It, it, no, it totally is different. Dan, we, we, we appreciate the time. I know you got stuff Thank to you. deal with, so we, we appreciate it. Happy New Year, and uh, can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks, guys. Have a happy New Year. All right, he's got a crying little one there. Do you oh, think yeah. it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Beyer, Baker Mayfield's future in Cleveland. That's next here on Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Doug today. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Now what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Jeff, usually at this time, we hear something interesting from uh, Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio. We like to bring it back from a different program, and today is uh, no different. It's a segment we like to call. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? On Undisputed on Fox Sports 1, where we can see your mug as well from time to time. It was on Undisputed that Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless talked about the future of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I will have him play out that fifth-year option on his rookie contract, Skip. Um, he's had a disappointing season, and there's no way I'm giving him $200-plus million based on what I've seen. I have not seen a large enough sample size of good to warrant or justify me giving him in excess of $200 million. He's going to want um, a Dak Prescott probably more uh, then Dak Prescott, he's going to walk somewhere around Josh Allen's type money. And I just can't justify that. And we've always make an excuse. It's been the coaches. It's been the injuries. It's been receivers. What it is is that he's the number one overall pick. Number one overall pick automatically, your franchise altering, your franchise, your generational talent. If Baker Mayfield 
was a third-round draft pick, nobody would have a problem with the way he's playing, is that now that he's the number one overall draft pick and he plays the quarterback position, we've got to justify, we've got to find reasons or excuses why he hasn't lived up to expectations. That from Shannon Sharp earlier, your thoughts on Shannon saying no long-term deal, let him play out for the fifth year uh, yeah, you that a- they've already picked Yeah, up. you absolutely cannot pay him any sort of market rate for quarterback play right now. You have to let him play out his deal. You have to let him um, – you have to to just see what he can do maybe when he's healthier next year. But you absolutely cannot at all pay him $40 million a year. He's not that good. He's not worth it um, at the moment. And it will set your team behind if you do that. There's no way that the Browns – and they're smart, man. They can't feel comfortable paying him this much money. There's, there's no chance. No. I don't even think the option for them right now is do we give him a long-term deal or not? I think that the option is does Baker serve as our quarterback in 2022? I think yeah, that's, so, that's the question for Cleveland, not whether yeah. they're going to give him a long-term deal or not. It's whether he should even be the quarterback next season because time's a wasting. You have a, one of the better offensive lines in football, if not the best. You've got running backs that you've signed under contracts that at some point – um, they're going to wear down, and you're sitting there wasting years wondering if Baker Mayfield's going to come through. Yeah, I think that's that's a problem for the Browns. So I I suggested at the end of last season that they should do what the Chiefs did with um, with Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes is go ahead and get yourself a new quarterback because mm-hmm. it was the it was the draft to do so. They had draft capital to do so. Now, obviously, they didn't do that, and I get why they didn't do that, but this is the wrong year for that right now. You, you, who yeah. are you going to get Maybe yeah. about after the break? Yeah, you're exactly right. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Beyer. Browns need to cut bait. We salute the Rose Bowl next on Fox.